Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, t- tonight, we've got something um, probably a little bit different, but certainly is along the lines of where we're starting to explore. Uh, when We're really trying to look for, for new and interesting tech. And we've got some folks on the line tonight that we've been really just kind of dying to talk to here for a little while. We, we've got Alex Linares, co-founder and CPO of Voice Labs, and Taryn Peterson, VP of Development and Engineering, and also an Alexa dev champ uh, at Capital One. Um, why don't we go ahead and get started with you first, Alex? Um, how you doing, first of all? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, and it's uh, a pleasure to be here with Taryn as well. Yes, absolutely. Taryn, how are you tonight? Good, good, good. Great to uh, great to be able to talk with you both. Absolutely. And so, so first of all, you guys don't mind. Let Let's start off with with quick introductions and, and a little bit of backgrounds, please. Uh, uh, Alex, why don't you go first? Great, absolutely. So I'm Alex. I'm the CPO at Voice Labs. Um, voice Labs is the leader in voice experience analytics uh, for voice first platforms like Amazon Alexa and Google Home. Uh, what that means is we focus on helping top tier brands and developers build better voice experiences by deeply understanding conversational usage patterns and then working with our customers on retention tactics, uh, how to achieve their goals and identifying challenges and opportunities all tailored to this voice first mode of interaction. Um, so we launched as an analytics partner with Google when they unveiled actions for Google Home in mid-December. And then Amazon just recently recommended our analytics product to their entire developer community. So uh, we're a self-serve product with hundreds of developers in our community, and we're excited to be in this market. Um, so excited to be here as well. And Taryn, why don't you go ahead? Sure. So uh, I'm actually a uh, kind of get to wear two hats. Uh, I'm a uh, Alexa developer champion who's uh, been working on the platform for the past year. Uh, I've actually created uh, nine different skills that have gotten published and uh, have competed in different hackathons. And then my uh, day job is that I'm actually head of platform engineering within the the, uh, retail bank at Capital One and uh, have plenty of uh, experience uh, working in the cloud. Very nice. Very nice. And and yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit of background here very quickly. So um, for me personally, I actually received uh, um, my first Echo Dot actually at AWS conference sponsored by Capital One. Um, <laughs> but but it was it was actually really nice um, to see the growth of this area, even just in the what three four months i mean it is the, the the growth is absolutely crazy and we'll put a link to the show notes in there but there's there's something um alex your your company voice labs put out called the voice report and what was really nice about this was it's it was a really good overview of the stack and not just think of it as hey this is a consumer grade device but start to think of it of here's the hardware here's the ai software here's the applications here's how you you put together an ecosystem here's how you go and develop on things like that and also highlighted some of the use cases and where things could go from there and that's what we're going to explore more tonight and just something along the lines of um, taryn you said what it was it was nine published applications and and today um Amazon announced what was it ten thousand uh, uh, yeah ten thousand Alexa skills as of today, and it was seven thousand two months ago. Um, 
so that is just insane. So let's let's talk about this for a little bit, this, this kind of voice-first market or, or conversational computing, I've heard it referred to. Um, tell us a little bit more about why this is exploding and where you guys have seen this, because you've obviously have seen this a lot longer than I have. Yeah, absolutely happy to. I think, um, you know, my macro point of where I, I would start and how, how we think about this is that for the first time, machines are adapting to humans versus the other way around. So it's like we've had remote controls, we've had keyboards, we've had glass to tap on to kind of translate human input into machine input. And now for the first time, because of the higher fidelity from an artificial intelligence perspective and understanding, and this new kind of hardware that is ambient, that has far field you know, technology, uh, we're, it's really able to change the way we interact. Um, and so that's a big deal. Uh, you know, if you're a consumer product person, um, that's a big deal from a potential perspective of what's going to happen next. And I think it's driving a lot of this growth in terms of innovation. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think that, that it, it's sort of it's crossed the threshold now. You know, I think we all have experiences with uh, different uh, voice interactive uh, uh, platforms before. And it started to, to really hit that that critical mass of where uh, a, a voice bot can actually recognize what you're saying. Uh, and it can actually do things uh, that, that, that normally you would actually have to be doing with a keyboard or or, or hand gestures or other things. That that the more that that that, uh, uh, that it's now getting to that point where uh, it's not an annoyance, right? To try to you know say the same thing three or four different times. That the, that the AI is strong enough uh, that, that that it can actually pick up on on different dialects that people have, uh, and really kind of can do some things. Uh, hands-free, which I think has always been a limitation of, of keyboard-based devices, but it's just something that it's a, it's a limitation of the technology that we've all accepted for, you know, the better part of the last two decades. Yeah, absolutely. And and do you guys think um, something I've noticed in, in my interactions to date, one of the big things, though, is... I still feel like in in the in the use case of Alexa because that's what I have, uh, or in Amazon's uh, you know Echo ecosystem, I'm still tied to the companion app. Of there's there's still times you still have to go into the companion app or something as simple as I can't remember the name of that damn skill I wanted to use, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so. What, you know, we can kind of talk about other things there, but but how do you get over that that first hurdle of that third party interaction of I, I have these skills, I've enabled these skills that are, are third party add ins like Uber or Domino's or some of these other things, or you know, I use Pandora all the time. But what about you know something as simple as remembering all the skills you've enabled? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a challenge. You know, I, sometimes it's good to draw parallels. I kind of feel like that we're like all the way back in 1994, maybe in early days of sort of primitive web of where you <laughs> come across uh, like somebody that built a frames application with like uh, uh, this magenta background that was so painful that it's like you're, you're, you actually have to squint at the screen. Like, it, like you remember back to like early days of the web of where like people would think it was really cool to, to splash a, a really loud background and then use like a uh, yellow font or, or, or something crazy. I think that we're the, the HTML, right HTML blink command. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, so, so, so if you think of where we're at, 
at some point there's okay here's what the platform can do and then here's what the the developers as a community are actually building from a skill and, and to me you know it's gonna be interesting to see how long do we actually go forward before you know whether it's that there's gaps in the platforms or it's really the quality itself of the skills that, that, that we need to start figuring out what are the killer apps for this platform that are really going to take it to the next level versus just to be in this sort of crazy mode of where we've got a lot of skills right now that are sort of magenta backgrounds and yellow font. Yeah. I, good yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I couldn't agree more. And thanks, Taryn, for kind of driving that yellow, green, blinking visual in my brain because it, <laughs> it just really hurt. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, if you think about the tenets of a thriving ecosystem and whether that's the web, whether that's mobile, whether that's social, you know, there's really four big parts to it. And, you know, one of them is experience. It has to be a good, memorable experience. Um, you have to have retention hooks. So how do you drive people to come back? in a either natural, organic way or in a way that's things like push notifications for mobile. You need distribution, right? How do you discover new stuff? And then you need monetization. And I think, you know, all good ecosystems kind of have answers for this. And to Terrence's point, we're really early in terms of both killer functionality on the experience side. And then there's not too many tools yet on the retention distribution to really help you, you know, drive you back to that experience that you enabled yesterday. Um, I think the platforms are working hard on it, but it's early days. And that's kind of the fun part, kind of being part of, you know, where we are today and defining that. I mean, defining that market and that ecosystem. It's really fun. Yeah. Well, and I, and the retention there is, is so that, that is a really big key that I found already just in my experience of something I will do is I, I've kind of developed this, this routine in the mornings. I, you know, my, my echoes sitting on the desk in my office and I'll walk in the mornings and I'll say good morning to it just because there's always something new every day. It's some kind of fun fact or whatever. And I like hearing that. And then it'll do my flash briefing and I'll kind of run through all of that. And there is some, some things that are, you know, sticky, if you will. But for me right now, the things that are sticky are the things that deliver a new experience every day. And, but I I agree with you completely on how do you develop that ecosystem going forward without a doubt. So Taryn, let me ask you this. Um, So you're an Alexa dev champ. So um, first of all, let everyone, for those that don't know what that is, tell us what it is and then give us a sense of, of, your Alexa skills in in the framework of Capital One, and and what does this hold for the future of Capital One, or you know your view of the industry in general? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's a good question. You know, so first of all, the Alexa Champions Program, uh, it, it's a way that that Amazon is really trying to build the ecosystem of sort of independent or or, or for hire uh, software developers that are out there that are sort of pushing the boundaries. Right. So when you think in terms of a, of, a, of a growing ecosystem, at some point you have to figure out how you're going to start to put, put some structure behind something that, that looks like a grassroots movement. So right now, there's I believe that there's 20 Alexa uh, champions that, that have been recognized by Amazon. Uh, and that number is going to grow in 2017 uh, as more people come forward and, and come up with great products like, you know, uh, analytics uh, for voice. Uh, and so, so that's one, one of the things that, that, that where the program is just trying to show, hey, here's different people uh, that, that, that have done different things. And it's a way to try to address, you know, one of the, the, the points that was called out there was the distribution challenge. Right. Because I think that right now you're you're in this this interesting mode 
of where people don't really realize even what you can do with the platform. It's amazing that the number of people you can talk to that, that, that they're, they're just impressed the fact that it can set a timer, right. Or, or, or that, that, it, that uh, an Alexa could do something other than just play music. And, and it's really going to be a matter of, Hey, how do you actually get some people that are out there and really start to push the boundaries of the ecosystem? And whether that be individuals that are building tools and frameworks uh, or, or whether it's individuals that, that actually write uh, applications. So, so I'll give you an example. You know, one of the, the passions that I have outside of tech is music. And, and, and you know, to me, being able to play music is a uh, it, it's an interesting thing for all of us to do from an education side. And, and like the last two skills that I've actually built, one teaches you how to play the piano and then one teaches you how to play uh, the guitar. So like, you know, think of it. Uh, is you know walking you through the steps of of how to play chords and how do you do the fingering on the fretboard, uh, but but think of it like stuff like that. You know, people don't even right now recognize what's potentially something that that, that a, a voice device like that can do, and, and, and so that's where until you actually get sort of the leading edge adoption of of uh, things that that, that that the technology can can. They, enable we're going to be in this mode of where people are kind of satisfied with hey it's a talking speaker and it does some very primitive things yeah fair. Uh, fair. and it, it could be that that's where the the distribution channel right now isn't isn't such that that, that i don't think that, that people even understand what you can do right there's some developers that are out there that are working on sort of voice activated video games right where where there's really no site uh, attached to it but but it's all stuff that you're doing uh, from a voice commands side, you know, I think that there's a couple of sort of good brands that are going cross channel like Jeopardy, uh, and, and even you know my own uh, employer, Capital One, where sort of leading edge uh, uh, development teams that are going off and saying, well, hey, uh, would you like to go ahead and 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 be able to play along with uh, the Jeopardy game uh, in the evening and and get sort of an extra question, or in Capital One's case, hey, can you actually? Uh, you know, find uh, uh, what what your balance is in your last couple of transactions. So, so there's some things that I think they're that are at the frontier right now. Uh, but but so much is going to be around. How do you actually get people? You know, the millions of people that have actually bought one of these devices, for them to really start to think of it more than just a uh, an advanced speaker. That, that, that it truly is a new platform. Just you know, on par with what a laptop or, or what a uh, uh, an iPhone could do. And, and Alex, that probably actually is a great segue into your area as well, because Voice Labs is is really focused on analytics and the behind the scenes of the voice services. And so can you give us a sense not only of technology behind the platform, but but what are some of the interesting use cases that that you potentially see evolving and and how does the analytics plan to all of this right now? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think before I go deep into those, I want to go back to kind of those four tenets of yeah. that ecosystem, um, which are the experience, the retention, distribution, and monetization. Um, and before we got started at Voice Labs, we talked to 50 to 100 developers that to really understand the needs in the market, right? Because we came, you know, about 12, you know, about a year ago, let's say, and we kind of wanted to get a state of where are folks, how are folks developing, you know, do they understand how, you know, whether they have retained users or not, 
you know, how often they come back, are they having a great experience or not? Um, and we kind of asked all these developers these questions and, you know, most of them said, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at logs. Um, and so, you know, when you think about an ecosystem, the very first thing to Terrence's point about, you know, what are they going to be the killer apps? We thought we would focus on experience. How do we help developers and brands and, you know, actually think about experience and actually build a compelling experience. So we essentially out of all this research came, came out voice labs where we knew people didn't have visibility. And so we wanted to provide that visibility and the tools of the trade, uh, top notch tools of the trade for developers to build really cool stuff. Um, so being entrepreneurs, we, you know, we, uh, we chose to learn quickly, um, and we've built a lot of uh, interesting voice-first analytics. Uh, want to, just to give you an example to answer one of your questions in terms of what are the interesting you know, things that we're providing first, um, we came out with a feature called voice pathing, and this was like very, very voice-first, where for the first time you could visualize conversations and understand which ones were popular and understand where people got confused when they talk you know, to Alexa, because it's not a given still when you talk to an assistant like Alexa, that it's going to understand you, right? What is no, the word no, is that K-N-O-W, is it N-O, right? It's, it's hard for the, you know, for, for the assistant to understand. And so when you're building these experiences, really you know, bringing that to the forefront to really understand where confusion happens, is, we found is very important for developers currently at this stage. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes makes perfect sense. And to to kind of expand on that slightly as well. So I, when I was at the AWS conference, um, and unfortunately, you know, he, he I completely admit he had the crap draw on sessions. But I went to the <laughs> session by the author of the Magic Door skill, um, who is yeah. he's an AWS developer, and unfortunately, his name sl- uh, slips on my mind right now. Andy. Yes, and. And yep. I, it was the last session I went to and I had my bag packed and I kind of went straight to the airport after the session. But it was really fascinating. The analytics portion was so fascinating to me because uh, the Magic Door app, and for those that aren't familiar, it's it's almost like a you know an old school text adventure, like you were saying, kind of going back to the beginnings of web and things like that. It was an old school adventure where it's all voice. And then it would prompt you, what do you want to do next? And you, you know, do you want to go west? Do you want to go north? Kind of thing. But it was interesting of he re- actually wrote his own analytics engine to go along with it so that he could understand completion rates of adventures and where people were getting hung up. And something as simple as seeing this particular state, because at the end of it, it's one, you know, I'm an old computer science major, it's one big state map. And yep. to figure out the the state you're in now and the transition to the next state, well, you know, this might have a 20% um, rate conversion rate to the next step. Right. What is wrong with that step? And so then he would go and analyze the voice and he would analyze the patterns and we'd realize, oh, I wasn't clear with this script or the way I was accepting the input wasn't quite right. And he would make a couple of changes and suddenly it would go from 20% to 90%. Yep. And and it was his yep. way of solving this to make sure everyone it flowed accurately and no one got frustrated and quit based off of analytics. That's exactly right. I mean, the way you're describing it is is spot on. And Andy's a great guy. I, I got to meet him there too. Um, and I think that you touch on a couple of things that are very important here. First off, you know, compared to let's let's say a mobile or a desktop where you have more of a hierarchical right, predetermined hierarchical way of navigating. In voice, it is a state machine, right? So you can kind of go from anywhere to anywhere based on what the user is saying. Um, And that is a very different paradigm 
time to program. Um, and so you have, you absolutely need a different way of visualizing and thinking through whether experiences are successful or not. Um, and then once you do see, you know, confusion or drop off, one thing that's really interesting about voice is that the conversation is always iterating. It's always moving. And as a developer, you know, we recommend usually when we talk to our you know, customers or developers to really look at this and, and just be continually iterating on the conversation. Um, we provided this one metric that we think all developers should be thinking through, um, and that's percent successful sessions. You know, and you can kind of for some organizations, it's easy to be like, here's a, you know, a KPI and here's, you know, the current state of percent successful sessions. How do we make sure as we develop over time that we can that we kind of hold ourselves to a higher a high bar and that we continue to kind of getting to that 100 percent successful sessions? So 100 percent with you there in terms of, um, you know, these different flows through the apps and why it's very different in voice. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so Taryn, let me ask you this, because this kind of goes back into what, what you're doing at Capital One that as well. And, and really cloud computing has completely reshaped everything we're doing in it. And, and in particular, how developers interact with resources, the, this idea of an API driven infrastructure, if you will, and, and everything is kind of flipped over on its head. And, and how has voice first potentially advance that even further or potentially reshaped it even more and and what potential new use cases does that open up yeah and so so like you know think about it and i don't know if you got a, a an opportunity to see uh one of my colleagues uh actually did a presentation uh out there in uh scott totman i believe was was out there uh talking about some of the the novelties of a voice, you know, think of it for being a bank, right? Security is number one for us. Uh, and if you think in terms of that, that, you know, a voice platform in and of itself, we still have to think through what are the security patterns that, that, that are going to be needed for us to be able to secure conversations. You know, I think that, that, that some of the, uh, the, the far field devices are still trying to work through how to actually do uh, identity Right beyond just the, the the fact that hey you can wake the device and you can start a dialogue, but 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 how is it that we can do things uh, from a you know we're, we're used to sort of you know protecting the screen if you will if we don't want somebody to to be able to peer into our conversation, but if we actually have a, an an audible device that's actually speaking what our balance is and said oh my gosh I spent you know seventy five dollars at Starbucks last week you know. How is it that you can actually protect data like that for consumers that, I mean, we are still just uh, very early days on all that. So, yeah, so, you, so that's where some of the uh, some, some of the thinking still is of, of, of just what are the right patterns of, of, of how you go ahead and do more commercial transactions and take those offline onto a uh, uh, onto a device like Alexa. You, you bring up a great point because you could. You could still have those communications be encrypted, secure in transit, all these other things. But at the end of the day, there's nothing to prevent me from going to Terrence's house and, and asking Alexa, you know, what charges he's put on his credit card recently because it doesn't know, you know, whether it's right. you or me, right? <laughs> well, well, well but, but, but now to be clear, right, so, so Capital One did, has done some great stuff on security of where there's sort of pins and other things. Sure. That uh, you can do that. But, but, but you're right. There's still some security things of just 
how do you actually do that? How, how is it that, that there's actually confidentiality? I think that one of the, the funnier uh, video clips that was sort of getting kicked around uh, for the holiday season uh, was where uh, was where some kid like, you know, just told uh, Alexa, hey, I want a dollhouse and like some <laughs> four pound uh, four pound can of cookies. Right. And the parents didn't even know about it until the stuff showed up on the door. Right. Because the, you know, the Alexa device recognized, <laughs> recognized the person said, sure, shopping's turned on here. So uh, we can go ahead and get that to your doorstep uh, within a couple of days. Yeah. Which, by the way, disabling purchases was was the first thing I did. I wasn't ready to go there with <laughs> with two girls in the house. <laughs> now, so um, kind of next topic here of. Many people know um, the physical devices, whether it's Google or, or Amazon, and really it's those two at this point that I would say are the serious competitors. Um, but but we're starting to see capabilities embedded in other devices. You're starting to see, you know, Siri embedded in places and and Alexa embedded in places. Like I'm thinking cars, for instance. There's a lot of recent car announcements of one or the other, and and um, there's a Huawei has a phone out that is a Alexa capable Android phone and and how far do you think this embedding is going to go and and how far will these voice first capabilities expand where do you think this is going to go from here yeah i mean um you know i think in the next 5 years i think many of the devices we use today will be manufactured um, as voice enabled, keep in mind that there's a big hardware piece to actually doing this at, with high fidelity. Um, so I think we're going to see a pretty big change. And, you know, you're seeing in the news, Alexa's partnering with TV manufacturers, with car, and Google's doing the same. Um, and I think, you know, from a, you know, that being said, you know, we're talking about the proliferation of this. I think one thing to be objective is not all contexts lend themselves well to voice, right? Whether you're in a meeting you know, for now, from a culture perspective, you're in public, um, et cetera. So as a voice industry, we're going to have to figure that out in terms of, you know, what's the right context and how do we, you know, do this well. Um, but I think the next step function will come from, you know, continuing the in-home device. So I think Amazon and Google will continue to expand and fly off the shelf this year. Um, I think leveraging the billions of smartphones, to your point, and these Bluetooth-enabled earphones, a la earpods, but perhaps third-party is going to be a really big place where, you know, you can think of really interesting uh, experiences for voice that are going to give scale um, more immediately. So I think those are some of the things. And then cars, to your point, like commuting will be really interesting to see where that goes with that. Yeah, and I think that, I think that the big wild card out there right now is that I'm not so sure that anybody's come up with a killer app yet. Yep. Right. And, and, and that what happens when all of a sudden, you know, if, if we think to 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 other platforms, right, it's that what's that, that one utility that, that someone can figure out that once they, they, they see it and they, you know, they talk to their friends, they talk to their their coworkers, that, that it sort of fuels fuels adoption, you know, to to levels that are 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 just not even seen today. So, so, so I, yeah. I think that that's that, that that's something that, you know, you look at the Pokemon go phenomena you know what is it that someone's going to come up with like that and because you already have literally uh on the the amazon side you already have what five million seven million devices something in that range already out there hey if all 
sudden you you put a spark out there, the adoption of this is going to really take off. And it could be what differentiates, you know, Google versus Amazon versus Apple or, or yep. some other some other third party player that they actually figure out what the killer app is and it actually starts to drive more of the ecosystem than than, than just the uh, the devices today. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with that. And you know, I think in in the uh, in our voice report, um, we actually put out two things that we think. You know, if you think about the previous platforms that had hyper growth, you know, whether that's the web, whether that's you know email or Messenger or Facebook or Snapchat, you know, you think about what they all have in common, and the first thing they have in common is communication, right? Facebook was a communication tool when I was in college uh, before it ever had newsfeed. Um, same thing for Snapchat and email is the same, right? So communication, I think, Taryn, you, you bring up a really good point around like, what is that killer app? We believe, you know, communication and doing telephony and, and you know, opening that up to, de- to developers for these devices could be really interesting. Um, the second thing, if you guys remember in 2007 um, with mobile, uh, one of the top apps was Tap Tap Revenge. Do you guys remember that, that right. mobile app? Um, <laughs> right. yep. And and you know one thing that is visceral on a lot of these new platforms are games. You know, kids kind of run back from school and they're like, "I want to play that. I want to do that." You know. And today, you know, there are interesting things like the Magic Door that are very voice centric. Um, but you know, we believe that kind of again pairing a voice device with a screen can open up a new category of games, you know, whether it's family feud across living rooms or, you know, jeopardy or, you know, wheel of fortune or whatever that may be where you're interacting through your voice and seeing a screen and giving that primitive uh, to developers to build on, that could be a huge differentiator for the platforms. And so, you know, I, I like to think through those two things from an innovation arm perspective that if they nail, if one of them nails those, you know, you're going to see some really cool use cases. Yeah. And, and combine, combine one buzzword with another bu- buzzword. If we, you know, combine this voice first with say virtual reality, right. Where there's a lot of things that are controlled in virtual reality, but it's controlled through some kind of, you know, things you hold or something like that. But if you could give voice commands while having virtual reality, you know, goggles on or something like that, um, you you could definitely see how this could go in very very different ways because yeah at that point you're you're using more than one sense uh, to communicate um, so I could absolutely yep. see that that being the way going forward it makes perfect sense uh, you know for me I will say this the big thing that's the killer app at least at our house is the shopping list because everyone in our house almost overnight trained themselves of, Hey, add it to the shopping list. And then when we go to the store, we just pull up our app and we just start checking things off of the shopping list. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That was Thanks the sense. one, that was the one thing that immediately overnight changed how we do things in the house. Cause we, we had this like little notepad down by the fridge and be like, Oh, we didn't write it down or what, but now we just, <laughs> we just add things all the time. And, and unfortunately we probably buy a lot more, you know, maybe that's what Amazon wanted, but, um, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> that's hilarious yeah. um you know we're not buying it from amazon though it's we're using the shopping list while we're at like target or the grocery store or somewhere like that um so let me ask you the last topic here before we kind of close this down here um for those that are out there that that really you know have listened to this or or, or are kind of starting to see this and get interested what's the best way for developers to to really get started and really dig in with this technology yeah i'll, I'll 
I'll say just from a, a sort of as a developer champion, I think that the the, the GitHub repos that are out there uh, that are under the just the GitHub dot uh, com Alexa page, uh, those are ones that where literally if you just spend an uh, an afternoon, you can get them up and running and really start to explore the ecosystem both on the uh, on the Amazon developer side as well as sort of the back end services with. Uh, with a you know something like Lambda to to go ahead and enable, so, so that that to me is the best place to get started. I, I do think that that to try to put the plug in there around building that feedback loop in early because what 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 people will will struggle with a little bit I think is is the hey what what is it that that somebody is actually trying to do with this device, uh, and and that's where using something like a voice analytics I mean is is critical. Uh, to to going ahead and understanding well, you know what is it that, that that people are actually intending, right? So so if you actually sort of get started on on you know a trivia skill, a fact skill, I mean all those things are are out there as is templates that you can clone uh, out out in Alexa's uh, GitHub repo, uh, and then it's just a matter of just sort of exploring, you know, what is it that somebody's actually doing with what you've built and put out on the platform. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Taryn. Yeah, that sounds, <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, we'll take it. Um, absolutely. And so m- from my side, I would say this, the, um, from a new developer perspective, I, you know, from, I, you know, this is more from the product side of things, but, you know, I would recommend thinking through your passion and the consumer experience and then think through what is uniquely voice. What are the voice attributes that the echo provides, whether that's context in the kitchen uh, whether that means it's always on um, and that it's natural, like what do those mean? And think through, you know, based on your passion, what you could build that's really interesting. Um, I think Amazon and Google have done a great job making developing a skill or action super simple. And to Taryn's point, there's some great resources. I mean, Taryn wrote some really great write-ups uh, for developers um, starting off. And so I highly recommend checking those out. Um, and then also we wrote the voice report. So if you're, if you're curious about kind of the state of the industry where you should start, you know, what category of applications, you know, are lacking, like that would be a great place, um, to, to go. And then my last point is for existing developers, you know, if they want to go deep and a hundred percent into the voice space, there's a lot of great accelerator programs, uh, accelerator programs that are out there like voice camp from Betaworks, And I know Techstars is doing some good stuff. So there's a people that are investing in this space um, and it's growing rapidly. So we're, we're certainly excited um, to continue that. Yeah. And I, I think um, uh, David Bitsky, who does the Alexa dev podcast and he's kind of the developer evangelist for the community for Amazon really put it best on one of the previous podcasts where, where he said, one of the nice things about this is it, it feels like, um, development, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago or so, um, where you can sit there and write everything end to end yourself, which maybe isn't as easy to do with a lot of other technologies that have evolved over the years, because this is so early on, you can learn everything about the system. You can write everything yourself. You can debug everything yourself. And so it is actually extremely developer-friendly or, or entry-level friendly, if you will. It, it it has a much lower barrier to entry than, say, a lot of other technologies that are out there right now. Yep. So Definitely. Very cool. Um, so we're about out of time. So what I wanted to do is, as we're kind of closing things out here, 
Um, Alex, where can everyone uh, find out more uh, about you, about the company, and, and, and what everything you have going on? Absolutely. I mean, just you can come check us out on uh, www.voicelab.co um, and kind of browse around our blog. There's a lot of interesting you know, use cases um, and case studies. Um, so I highly recommend anybody interested in building to come check it out, us out and uh, leave us a message. We're happy to chat and help. Fantastic. And, and Taryn, how about yourself? Uh, so, so, so I would definitely encourage people to, in the, uh, the developer uh, uh, section of the Amazon web- website, to check out the uh, Alexa Champions pages. Uh, there's you know, 20 of us right now, uh, some great uh, variety in, in what people have actually built. Uh, and, and you can even uh, uh, link uh, to my page and, and see some of the, the, the blogs that I've written, either on Medium or Hackster, or, or even look at some of my code. Fantastic. All right, guys. So on behalf of Brian, who wasn't able to make it this week, uh, thank you very much to both of you. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 